This podcast is brought to you by Franklin Covey and the author of a new book entitled Management Mess to Leadership Success. Please listen to podcast number 728, where Scott and Greg discuss some of the 30 challenges that Scott has developed to assist leaders in spite of their humanness and the messes we make to become better leaders. A few of the challenges include demonstrating humility, thinking abundantly, listening first, and declaring your intent. The 30 challenges are divided into three sections, lead yourself, lead others, and get results. As Scott says, I'll be one of the first to admit that leadership isn't always rewarding. It can feel like a bottomless pit of problem solving in adult sitting. Leadership is exhausting, repetitive, and requires a consistent stretch of your emotional and intellectual skills. Please listen to podcast number 728 in this engaging discussion about some practical applications you can use to manage people and to do it more effectively by using some of the 30 challenges outlined in Scott's new book, Management Mess to Leadership Success. I know you will enjoy this engaging and informative podcast with author and EVP of Franklin Covey, Scott Miller. You can learn more about the book by visiting www.managementmess.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Jeffrey, as I do every time I come on one of these shows, I always like to thank the listeners uh, because without the multitude of listeners that have supported this show over the last 13 years, um, I wouldn't have a show. And I continue to do it for you guys out there listening. And Jeffrey Abrams is joining us from Oakland, California. And Jeffrey has a book called 101 Mission Statements from Top Companies Plus Guidelines for Writing Your Own Mission Statement. Good day to you, Jeffrey. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Greg. It's good to have you on the show. It's good to spend a little bit of time with you. And for many of my listeners are going to want to know, so why in the world are you doing a podcast on mission statements? Well, part of my work uh, entails working with companies and helping them get direction and focus and strategic planning, and many of my listeners know that. And I think that this is an important topic. Uh, It will help uh, people out there who are possibly working on a mission statement or are working on a strategic plan at least do that. And Jeffrey, I'm going to let them know a little bit about you. Jeffrey is a graduate of the University of Iowa Writers Workshop, a formal journalist, former journalist, and an award-winning advertising and marketing copywriter for small businesses and Fortune 500 companies. And as I said, he lives in Oakland, California. You can find this book on Amazon. We will have links to it as well. Um, And Jeffrey, you have some other books as well, don't you, besides this one? Uh, No, this is the only one in print. I've contributed to other books, uh, books that have been compilations um, of writers' thoughts and comments uh, by other friends of mine from the Iowa Writers' Workshop days. But okay. uh, this is those were not uh, business-oriented books. This is one is specifically for to help people uh, write and craft their mission and vision statements. So let me and start off how this this came because about. There's, a, there's an important element to give the listeners some context here. Um, I think that you know, a mission statement, a vision statement, a purpose, a why, a BHAG, all of those things, big, hairy, audacious goal, those are really important elements. And so what drove you to writing this book? Why? Because you're an advertising guy, you're writing award-winning advertising and pieces. Um, What drove you to write this book? In 1990, I switched jobs from a big international uh, advertising agency, Ogilvy & Mather, 
to uh, a smaller ad agency called uh, Ketchum Advertising in, in San Francisco, both offices in San Francisco. And when I moved from one office to another, I discovered that their mission statements were quite different from each other, even though they were in the same industry. And on my own, I decided to do some research. And the more I searched, the less I found. I went to both the public library and then to the county business library, and there was nothing written on the subject, save for a single article in Newsweek uh, that was a small column uh, talking about uh, a company that had created a mission statement that was somewhat conspicuous. And right now, I couldn't even tell you what that company was. So uh, it occurred to me that nothing is written on this subject, so I'll write a book. And because I was a specialist in direct marketing, I knew the techniques for writing to a great number of companies and requesting information from them. So I put together my own mailing list of the Fortune 1000 and the 100 best companies to work for in America and a number of other uh, lists of best ofs and uh, sent a mailer to 3,000 companies requesting a copy of their mission statement or vision statement or credo um, or tactics or goals or purpose, along with their annual um, statement or annual review. And of the 2,000 companies, pardon me, 3,000 companies I wrote to, I heard from about half. And of the 1,500 companies that wrote back, um, most of them had what I was looking for, but I had to limit the scope of this book. So I, the first edition, I limited to 301 companies and their mission statements. And uh, it took me five years to write this because there was no internet at that time. It was all pretty much the old fashioned way of doing research and writing. And uh, it was the early days of personal computers. So I wrote this on a, the first um, iteration of the Mac. And um, by the time I did the writing and then got permissions from all the legal departments, uh, five years went by. I found a publisher in 10 Speed Press, uh, Berkeley, California, now owned by Random House. And um, the first edition came out and was uh, pretty successful, so much so that five years later, we put out a second edition. And three, uh, pardon me, five more years later, we put out this third in a smaller version, 101 mission statements. I well, started there, getting a lot of feedback from I would say from companies from overseas as well requesting information. Well, I think as you said, there is a, a lack of information. And even in today's world, when I went out to do some research to find out more and see if there were any books written, um, your book obviously popped up, right? So people who are doing research again are going to find this. So I wouldn't say you're the de facto, but you're at least out there with information. And, you know, one of the things you say in the book is that it's a blueprint for success. Um, you obviously received all this information. You compiled it. You look at these companies' mission statements. You can compare uh, them financially. You can slice and dice them as far as turnover. Uh, you can look at a lot of different things to actually analyze how successful having a clear mission and vision and purpose is. What after you dug into all of this and you got this information back and you put it together, you know, what would you say was the the few single compelling reasons as to why uh, certain companies' mission statements were working and other companies' mission statements were just hanging on the wall and they weren't part of the DNA of the people in the business? 
companies that actually walk the walk and talk the talk of their mission or vision statements tend to be successful. When companies have mission statements that are indeed a kind of wallpaper, um, they don't tend to uh, follow their own creed. Um, sometimes companies felt it was necessary in order to be competitive to display a mission statement to show that they were uh, up to date with uh, using this business tool. But um, the mission statement has been around for a long time, over 100 years. And um, there are companies that have not changed their mission statements uh, over the years, but there are other companies that change them regularly. But companies that really embrace the statement, that's part of their spirit, um, that is um, spoken of and um, followed up through uh, by all the employees from the top on down. If, if they have a good example on top, it really imbues a, a spirit throughout the company, and that will lead to success. Well, and you were able to compile um, a, a tremendous amount. Even the 101 gives people an opportunity to look inside of a company and really see, because I don't think the information is readily available unless they went to all these websites and looked at these companies and trying to trying to find their mission statements. Um, but you said there's a target audience, the missions for you and for whom is the mission statement intended? You write in the book um, and it is intended for the employees and the members of the organization, but there's also now in today's world, they're looking at all the stakeholders. So when someone writes a mission statement, they want to look at more than the stakeholders. Who do you think should be actually included when you're looking at the target audience and the stakeholders of writing a mission statement? The number one audience uh, for most companies is the customer. And the customer has to be uh, the target of the mission statement, I think. Um, and for that reason, many companies will have a customer mission statement, uh, an employee mission statement, and a stakeholder mission statement. And they may be called out separately and displayed separately. And so you believe having three different um, mission statements, and depending on the size of the company or the ability to do that. Now, I would agree with you, although a lot of companies will not go to that effort because it does take a long time to craft these. So in the ability to crafting the statements, I'm sure you know a little bit about that as well. And one of the things you wrote about is the length. How long is long enough? And I've seen some of them in your book which are quite lengthy. And I see some of them which are very succinct. It's a couple of sentences. And you being a copywriter, you should be somebody who could actually comment on this because I think uh, alliteration and focus and shorter is usually better, something that come off the tongue. But what would you say as somebody who's actually read hundreds of these and seen good ones and seen ones that aren't so good? It's a great question. Um, it so depends on the culture of the company, but I absolutely endorse one-sentence-long mission statements. Um, it needs to be short. I think it needs to be memorable. It needs to have uh, integrity. It needs to be believable. And it also should be something that distinguishes that company from other companies. If you can uh, cover up the name of the company and um, read that statement, and it could pertain to a lot of different companies, then it isn't quite right. Um, I also know that companies often want to create these mission statements by committee. And so everyone wants to have a bit of skin in the game. And so these mission statements tend to get longer and longer. 
um, if, they, if everyone tries to get a, a piece into the final statement. And that's the danger, is when it, there is what I call mission statement creep. And it happens all too often. I have consulted with companies that have asked me to help them shorten uh, their mission statements after they've gone through this process. Uh, I'll give you a, a modern example. Um, Apple has changed their mission statement uh, a number of times. And um, as you know, Apple's gone through lots of ups and downs over the years and uh, different management. They currently have a very lengthy mission statement and vision statement. And um, I would tell them uh, it would be to their best advantage uh, to change these long statements. And if I were to write mission, the mission statement for Apple, um, I would write to reimagine what's possible. I think the line to reimagine what's possible really taps into what Apple's brand is all about. And that's the, that's the word we haven't actually said enough about. Um, mission statements are often about branding a company and, again, distinguishing it. So Apple's been famous for uh, the imagination and inventing um, you know, great products. And the problem has been it's, um, you know, there's been a lot of progress down the road with um, Me Too type products and a lot of competition. Uh, but Apple's always been looked to as the, the mothership for inventing great things. And um, so I don't think a long mission statement and a vision statement really do the company justice. I mean, that's just my opinion. And well, they uh, want to use that statement, that's fine with me. <laughs> and obviously they're going to do what they want to do regardless. But I, I think the point is this, is that you've given a step-by-step -step guide in the book to mission statement and those that are writing it for the first time or the 10th time. Um, it always becomes a process. And I think today, uh, in today's world, and you stated that just a minute ago, uh, the inclusionary process is part of the process today. In other words, it's top management and it's people going around the room and putting stickies on the board. And it's not relegated to usually one person. It's it's a group think process. Um, and and right. you say in your first step, and again, when you wrote this book, this goes back a ways, you know, uh, who's going to write it and then agree on when the statement's going to be written and so on. Um, what steps based on today's modern way of looking at mission statements and vision statements and so on, would you, would you recommend, given what you know about mission statements uh, 20 years ago and what you know about what actually goes on inside companies today? It needs to, if a group of people are going to be working on um, the first draft or crafting a mission statement, it really should include people from all uh, ranks of the company from the top all the way to the bottom, so to speak, uh, because people at the bottom are the ones who are most in touch with how things get done. And it may be the most uh, interfacing with customers as well uh, or suppliers or you know, the target audience. And only if you include uh, people from all ranks of the company, will there be greater buy-in. If something is just handed on down from on high, um, there's a lot of cynicism um, on the half of, of employees in terms of just as just another piece of paper from um, senior management that's going to be posted in the coffee room and we're supposed to um, uh, salute it and accept it as is. And it's, like I said, there's better buy-in um, when everyone's involved in it. That is everyone in terms of uh, people of all ranks. 
And do you? So that's the first thing in terms of right. people. What are Go some ahead. of the other steps that you would say? You know, based on today, because you've got some. You know, these mission statements that you obviously have in the book have not been updated in a while. So even if I went to Apple's, the one that's in Apple in your book is not the Apple statement today. The Probably the one at Adobe Correct. is not the same mission statement that Adobe has today because they are living, breathing documents. That's the whole point of a mission statement. Um, and, Absolutely. In and fact, they, Microsoft, Microsoft has changed. Correct. And I can tell you a little bit about that. Correct. Um, Microsoft is, had a, their very first mission statement that they sent me in, in 1990. Well, their vision statement, they didn't have a mission, they had a vision. And it was a computer on every desk and in every home. So it didn't talk about software. It talked about hardware, but you can guess whose software was running that computer. Today, they have a corporate mission statement that reads, to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And their vision statement is to help people and businesses throughout the world realize their full potential. So those are pretty two pretty good one-sentence long statements. Yeah, and the one you have in the book is really quite close. It's uh, at Microsoft. We work to help people and businesses throughout the world realize their full potential. This is our mission. Everything we do reflects the mission and the values that make it possible. Um, you know, right? What you said so they swap. They swap the mission and the vision a bit. Yeah, correct. Not not too. So much. they've they've, they've yeah. stayed the course. They've stayed the course with what their original uh, mission and vision were. And usually, when people brush these up or fix them up or work at them, unless something drastically has happened in the company, um, they do take on um, some of the uh, the tendencies of the prior statements. Um, I find that that mm -hmm. happens. Um, and that might, unless they were acquired by another company or something and they're, you know, they've now become a subsidiary or something else happens inside the company. Any other advice for our listeners on creating mission statements for those people out there that are, let's say, brand new, uh, they're, they're entrepreneurs sure. and they're ready and ro to rock and roll. And this is their first mission, vision, values, purpose, uh, adventure. Right. Well, you can create a pretty simple mission statement. And if you're confused about how much it should contain, um, it, think of it this way. A uh, mission statement can, can be essentially who we are and what we stand for. Then you can create a tactic statement um, or method statement, which is how we're going to achieve the mission or vision. And that really simplifies the process of writing these. The other thing is to um, take a look at what other companies have done. There's nothing wrong with emulating uh, what other companies have done and tweak it a bit to make it your own. And then to also, as I said, be focused on uh, your target audience. You must speak to them directly, especially if you are customer facing and keep well, it simple. Yeah. And I, and I think, like you said, you're, look, you're an advertising guy. You write a uh, copy. Uh, the simpler the copy, usually the better, um, you know, Nike, do it. That's two words, do it. Yes. Um, you know, and we, we don't find much of that because it is the descriptors used and, and, you know, you put a lot of, um, actual words, you put a list of words in there, a couple of columns or three or four columns of key words that can be used. It's a good um, place to start to to see what sparks conversation and to see what words really resonate with everyone. 
mm-hmm. um, it will it will vary from company to company, uh, from a family company to a larger organization. Um, and those words are worth putting on the board and seeing if they work. I do know from having worked for a lot of startups uh, here in the San Francisco area, a lot of um, you know tech startups, when they've tried to craft uh, mission statements, they tried to use words that were, were fresh or different or that were more um, pertinent to their, their industry and something that would make them stand out even in a fun way. Yeah, and and they do do that, and I think that that actually enlivens the process. You know, I I have absolutely nothing against that process at all. So, if you were to leave our listeners with um, some, I don't know, I'm not going to say expert advice, but advice on developing their mission and looking at their vision and redoing both of those, um, what's one good bit of advice that you would give those that are undertaking this process um, and would like to accomplish what I would call a succinct, um, well-focused, and positive mission and vision statement? Um, Make a statement that you passionately believe in yourself, that you're happy to put on the wall, uh, on your business cards, on your letterhead, that is reflected in how you treat your customers and how you treat your employees. Uh, Walk the walk, talk the talk, and um, be real. It's not just a tool that's um, something that you show that's uh, shiny and new to prove that you're a legitimate, legitimate business. It's something that you live and breathe and is reflected in how you do business every day. Well, that's great advice. And uh, just for my listeners, this book is still in print, even though it is a bit old. It was first originally written in uh, 2007. Um, but I'd, there'll be a link to Amazon for you to get this book. Um, you have plenty of examples in the book. There's 101 of them to look at and see what other people have done. And it's always nice having that when you're crafting a statement yourself. Plus, in the beginning of the book, uh, Jeffrey provides um, some instruction guidelines. Um, this is not a hard book to read at all. It's basically more of a reference book. Um, I highly recommend it. It came in quite handy with me and the companies that I work with. And um, I would certainly say go get it. Um, is there a website that you would direct anybody to in particular? who's looking to do research in this area or your website, or can they reach out to you if they have some questions or how would you like to do that? Uh, There isn't a website for the book, but they are welcome to reach out to me uh, if they have questions and I'll give you my direct email address. And that is J E F F A B R A at Pac Bell. That's P A C B E L L dot net. Jeff Abra at Pac Bell dot net. Perfect, Jeff. So I will uh, make sure that they have that. It's in the podcast itself. We'll put a link inside the blog. It's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes uh, with my listeners today talking about 101 mission statements from top companies plus guidelines for writing your own mission statement. Um, We've been on with Jeffrey Abrams and that book will help you if you're out looking to write your mission statement. Thanks for being on, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Greg. 